Ask the Podcast Coach for March 6, 2021. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music that means, hey, it's Saturday. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the schoolofpodcasting.com. And joining me right over there, there, I always do that backwards, is uh, the one and only Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. We have a little bit of spring fever here in Omaha, Nebraska this morning. I don't know about you guys, but weather's turning. This is fake, by the way, for everyone <laughs> in the United States. Not real spring. Winter is still Oh, yeah, it's still going to yeah, come back spring. and smack you in the head. But, Jim, are you thirsty this morning? I'm super thirsty. It what is, do we got? It is about that time. And, of course, mm. that coffee pour is brought to you by the one and only Mark over at podcastbranding.co. And for weeks, we've been telling you about how great Mark is, the fact that he's a podcaster and he's this awesome graphic artist. And he'll make a PDF for you. He'll make artwork he'll make a logo he'll make a whole full-blown website for you but no there's but wait there's more what if you go i don't know this whole branding thing it's new to me what does it really mean i'm not really much of a marketing person that's right mark now offers an audit if you want mark to come in look over your website look over your artwork everything that makes up your brand I, I want to say it was something like a 40-point checklist of things that I could be wrong, but I remember I, my notes are somewhere on my desk here. But the beautiful thing is here is Mark who has years of experience in marketing, in branding, and he can go over all of your stuff again to make sure. And then it might be, hey, you know what? This You've got too many fonts going on on here, or maybe your color palette is a little wacky or things like that. And you don't know because that's not your zone of genius, as they say. Uh, go over and check out Mark at uh, podcastbranding.co. Uh, to all our friends that have joined via Clubhouse, if you want to raise your hand, the way this works, we will bring you on stage one at a time if you raise your hand. Of course, if you're watching live on YouTube, askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. And Jim, that is a mighty fine mug that you are sipping out of. Isn't it, is it a nice? Yeah, the guys over at the do- uh, James over at Dog Podcast Network, dogpodcastnetwork.com. And if you're, a, if you're a dog enthusiast, a dog walker, we joke, you could even have a cat if you want to walk it. Dog Edition, their their flagship podcast. They're looking for folks to hire over there as well as I think they're giving some stuff away. So yeah, if you haven't checked it out yet, we're just a couple of weeks away from maybe a new mug. But Dog Podcast Network. Ooh. And the other thing I, we I know we can talk about today is Jim. You've been playing with a new toy, Supercast. Yeah, Supercast. So I had a listener actually reach out to me and say, "Hey, could you would you put your feet on Supercast?" <laughs> I, my first thought was, "Oh my god, another place to do this." And so eventually, I was like, "Okay, I'll give it a try." So I headed over there, and it's actually a super easy. We did some with the listener. I did some cost analysis. Okay, let's just first explain what Supercast is. Yeah, uh, basically, Supercast is a Patreon competitor in yep. some ways. So you can put your feeds there. The model is a little bit different. I think it, it's a. It depends on the fee that you're getting. Uh, yeah, I think for, it's it's fifty nine cents yeah. per user, and then of course everybody's going to charge that three percent fee because they're getting charged that three percent fee. But yeah, so a little bit of a different. Sorry, I wasn't ready. Right. 
about, but I'll, I'll talk from just experience. The so fifty nine cents basically so for three dollar three dollar minimum at fifty nine cents. You think that's not? I, I think at Patreon we can get that a little bit cheaper, but then as Patreon goes up, I think it gets more expensive at Patreon. Not that it's that much of a difference. I wasn't really doing it on price. He, it, they've got a really a, a fairly nice feature. Then when you go to sign up on your podcast app, you subscribe. It gives you a separate feed, and then you put that in your podcast app or whatever, however you want to subscribe to it. And really slick, worked fairly easy. It was a great way to do it. So. I think uh, one of the things I would I'd encourage folks is if you need an alternative to Patreon for whatever reason, if Patreon's not working for you, you don't want to use Patreon, that kind of thing. Patreon has certainly gotten complicated. Supercast was actually really easy. Yeah. I created a Square account, attached the Square account to it, got it set up, dumped in my feed. It imported everything. I, there's a section there where you're like, yeah. hey, do you want to import your current feed? Yeah, I'll bring it in. It doesn't. They don't host the files. They just ho- they they just host where they're located. So they take your RSS feed when you do that. Dave, pretty easy setup. I had it set up in twenty minutes, maybe twenty twenty five minutes. Very similar to Patreon in the sense that you can set up these different subscription levels. So I set a three dollar minimum level. By the way, three three dollars is the minimum. No one dollar. No, there's no right. one dollar things there. So three is the minimum. I set a $5 level for my little coin thing that we give away, mimicked what it was on Patreon, and then and then let it fly. And the user loved it. He's, yeah, that was super easy. When are you going to put your video feeds out there? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, like, I don't think I'm going to put my video yeah. feeds out there. Not right now. Let's just, so Supercast. The other advantage is you can see how many downloads an episode got. And mm-hmm. I would assume that's coming to Patreon because didn't they get purchased by Acast or something I know there's an ACAST connection there and ACAST is a media host. And what I do, what I, cause I use supercast for the school of podcasting and I just went to them and I said, Hey, I've got X amount of members. I want to create an individual feed for each one of those people. And I don't want to charge them for it. I want you to charge me. So we worked out a deal where every month they see how many subscribers I have. And then I get, well, again, whatever it is, 59 cents or something like that. Plus, the 3%, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not charging them. That's the thing. I might actually be paying more than 59 cents because if they make any kind of profit on that 3%, I know some people will work with Visa. They're like, hey, we're bringing you so much, so many customers. We want to take of that. We want a piece of that 3%. It also works with Zapier. So what I love is when somebody signs up at Thinkific, which is what I'm using currently for the School of Podcasting, it automatically pops them into uh, Supercast, and then I use SendFox for my email, so it automatically pops them into that. I love Zapier. That's a great tool. But yeah, it's really cool. And then it's also easy because if for some reason, in my case, like in Jim's case, if they cancel their subscription, it just automatically turns off their feed. But for me, I can easily, when I get a notification that somebody's graduated from the School of Podcasting, I can go in and turn off their Supercast feed. But yeah, it's one of those where, I, for me, the one thing that Patreon does that this one doesn't, and I don't really, in, it's not that I discourage it, but nobody does it. On Patreon, you make a post, like it's like a membership site. And if other members wanted to comment on that post, they could. And I don't know that happens in Supercast because they're just getting a feed and it's unique to each person. That way you can mm-hmm. turn it off. Uh, but I don't see a lot of that happening, at least for me, on either of my Patreon things. People just so, use, use it for the feed. Me, let me think through this for a second because I haven't really thought through it. I, I don't have, if I wanted to create a private feed with this, I would, I would create, what would I do to create 
I wouldn't want to do my, I wouldn't want to give them my public open feed because right. that's available everywhere else anyway. So I would create a second feed of some court that's secret that I'm not, that I haven't put out in public. And then I would give Supercast my private feed. Is that right? For me, I just go in, like I just had, every Friday we have lunch with Dave. It's about a half hour of just group coaching. And I just go in, it's during my media host. I make an episode, I put in my show notes, I upload the media, and when I hit publish, it goes out to all the- So they do host? Yeah, they They do host. host. Oh, okay. That's where they get the stats from. But that's why I also don't think they'll do video. I think they'll do audio. I thought they were doing a pass-through, but then collecting Mm -hmm. the stats there. Okay. Yeah. Ross- Daniel says, we're talking about spray and pray. That's where people just send a generic email to you and they're like, hey, love your show. Here's why I'm so great. Have me on your podcast. And I'm like, uh, and Daniel says, actually, spray and pray is what happens during <laughs> potty training. It does. But Ross says, do you recommend having multiple places where people can contribute or get paid or just focus on one? I would tend to say one, but I know Jen Briney over at Congressional Dish. Now she just has a donation model. Like you can, she has a Patreon, but if you want to donate like a one-time donate, she has, you can donate uh Bitcoin to, to Jen if you want. She's here's my Vimeo link. Here's my PayPal. Here's my Bitcoin. If you want to give me money, here's, I will take it in any form you want. But I, that's a good question. Don't, don't donate Bitcoin people. Don't yeah. do it. Don't I, do it. What do you, I, because cause it makes you go, well, should we start a supercast for this or should we just keep the pay? The other thing you have to keep in mind now is ju- for me, just maintaining who is active and who isn't, who who gets added to the page, who doesn't, things like that is a little bit of work. And if you add a second one, now you've got a second place, if, especially if you're doing things like giveaways and sending emails about special events, you've got two places to go now. Mm-hmm. And to me, that mm-hmm. sounds like a headache. Um, well, and we do special things for our Patreon subscribers. And then do you now say Patreon and Supercast? And do you mix the two? And do you, you know, yeah. it, it does add an element of complexity and you can't forget about one. If you start another one, you got to make sure you're tending to it, that they have special things over there as well. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those things. And then somebody's going to ask you, which one should I sign up for? And you go, whichever one you want to, because some people already have a Patreon account and it's super right. easy to add another one. Yeah. And then, so it's, be sure to add that question to your frequently asked questions page because that's going to come about. I think if you got a lot of feedback, okay, let's just say, for example, uh, Patreon does something really stupid. And they have. Yeah. <laughs> They've done a couple things really stupid yeah. in the last couple of years. So they get really dumb. And you get a bunch of a bunch of supporters who say, hey, I want a different way to do this. I don't want to support Patreon anymore. Then, then I think you change. I think you change when you need to. I don't. I announced this week that we have the Supercast feed if, if folks want to try it. I, I don't think I'm going to have a rush of people heading over to Supercast to try it out because just one person asked. But I felt one, I felt like... If one asked, knowing, there's more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I thought, okay, this would be a good experiment for Ask the Podcast Coach. The setup experience, setting up a Square account, getting, by the way, getting the Square account set up and working, you get, you sign up for free Square. That take that was super easy. I don't know what the backside of this is like as far as like reporting goes and taxes. You know, I mean, <laughs> that'll come up next year. <laughs> yeah. But you, you've been have have you used it through a year? Or so have you? No, gotten- I just started it because I used to put the recordings because all those are recorded on Zoom, and I would put them in Facebook, and it just dawned on me that listening to a ninety minute Q and A on Facebook is painful. Nobody's doing that, and I was like, huh, I need a way to get this content to people. And I know Glenn is saying it's hard enough keeping up with just one, let alone two different planes. But yeah, if somebody said right now, 
would you use uh, Patreon or, or Supercast? I like Supercast. Like you said, it's a simple interface. I've got decent reporting in there that you don't get, and it just seemed a little easier. And I love the fact that with Patreon, you can enable the RSS feed, but now you've got to teach your audience how to copy that RSS feed and paste it into their mm-hmm. favorite app. With uh, Supercast, it's a little bit like the the love feature in my podcast reviews where you click a link and it figures out what app is on your phone and then says, hey, which one do you want to use? Same thing with Supercast. It basically, you, you click a link and it goes, okay, wh- where am I going? And you go, well, I use Overcast. And it then just subscribes to your show and that. So it's pretty slick. The other thing we want to keep in mind, and this is where I, I love Jim's attitude of, I'm going to try this. So many people think, ooh, if I do this, Manna from heaven will fall. And it's remember, you're going to get about 3% of your audience, maybe five if you're doing phenomenal. I know this show, I actually looked at it. I was getting 8% and I was like, holy cow, that's amazing. And then I looked at my weight loss show and I was getting like 0.2%. And I'm like, hey, you put those together. Guess what you get? Yeah, about 3%. It's interesting. And and Daniel says, yeah, podcast addict link just added to, to love the podcast but we're still looking on collecting those reviews. Very cool. Yeah, my podcast reviews just came out with uh, more features. So if you want to check that out, schoolofpodcasting.com slash MPR. I know I I love the fact that I have mine set up. I think it's on either Saturday or Sunday. It emails me weekly if I have any reviews, which is always fun because lately I'm just getting a lot of hate mail on the podcast rodeo show which is always fun. It's a show designed to get some hate. Yeah, it is. You're you're either going to love me or hate. You ask for it. You ask for it. Kim says she doesn't like Patreon and that she would prefer just to give it to her directly. That's a thing. Kim, because we live in the same city, Kim has paid for her Patreon via check. Mm -hmm. And while I deeply appreciate that, there are times when Kim's, I didn't get that email and I'm like, oh crap, because Kim is now a second thing that I have to manage Right. And remember to include her in all that stuff. So when you add a second thing, it's another thing where you're like, oh, wait, hold on. It's fun that way. It's just like they're saying in chat. It's the balance is how many things do you have? How convenient can you make it for everyone? I think you want to make it as convenient as possible. But if you're a guy like me who struggles to keep up with all that stuff. You're going to have to set up some systems to make sure you're checking it on a regular basis or that you're going in and doing the things that you need to do on those because so for in Kim's sake, I would, I don't know, Kim, would you do it via PayPal? Is she, is that something? Cause they take, I think they take some too when you do it that way. Well, yeah. PayPal has their 3%, whatever it is thing. Um, I think Kim was just being nice. She realized if she paid me with a check, it it was like more money in my pocket. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm not complaining. Yeah. Uh, at all. Kyle says the podcast radio show is the tough love your podcasting parents never gave you. In a way, I did have somebody do a podcast radio show and I, I, I basically said, here's the thing. Here's some things you can fix on your show. And his sister heard me and called him and said, there's some dude bashing your podcast and pitchforks and, you know, torches. And she was ready to go. And instead, the guy's now he's got a point and he actually signed up for the school of podcasting. Yeah, you never know. But what is, oh, we actually have somebody raising their hand in Clubhouse. So that's awesome. That is, Mark is coming on up. Let me make sure the phone is up on that. So, and the way this works, of course, we're recording this and Mark knows that. Mark, how are you? What's your question? I'm very well. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, it's a following on a similar theme that I've got a podcast that I'm trying to raise money for charity with. 
So I'm not looking to make money myself, but I'd like people to, if they enjoy the podcast, to make a donation to a charity. And I wondered, with your experiences, what you'd recommend. First things first, you have to ask for it. I know that sounds silly, but I hear so many people that whatever their goal is, I want to sell more books. I want to get more bookings as a speaker. I want people to buy my membership site. And then they never ask people because they don't want to be salesy. So you got to be salesy. If you don't ask, you don't get. So that would be one. And the other thing is Jack from the Dark Knight Diaries, who gets 300,000 downloads an episode. His big thing was when he asked for something, he does it purposefully. He explains how they're going to benefit and he does it slowly. Because so many times people go to do a pitch and they're like, hey, I set up this new thing and I'm going to try. I don't know if it's any good. We'll see what happens. And if you want to, I don't know, if you want to think, you could, yeah. And it's not, hey, I want to, th- if you made it to the end of this show, obviously you get value in this. And if you'd like to help support this show, and we actually have a, a charity drive going on right now. And you can find it at this website said very slowly and clearly dot com. So you can hear. And again, that website was spoken very clearly and slowly dot com. You can really help somebody right now. So you have to do a pitch. But I see so many times I have people here on this show when I'm like, hey, tell us where we can find your podcast. What's your website? And they're like, oh, thanks so much. It's dot com. And I'm like, there's no prize for saying your website the fastest here. So, Jim, any ad- advice on how do you get some donations? Mark, are you thinking you're going to create a podcast just for this, or do you want to do an episode and an existing podcast for it? No, it's existing. It's a short daily podcast that I've started Mm -hmm. with the idea of raising money for charity in the way that you might run a marathon and raise money for charity. I thought I'd try this because it's something I enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, The big thing you can do is reach out to the charity and say, hey, I'm helping to promote your message. How about you help promote mine? Because if they're, they might be thinking about starting a podcast and you're like, hey, I've already started one. I'm promoting your charity this month. How about giving me a retweet or something to promote that? Lee Silverstein from the We Have Cancer podcast, when he first started a show, it was originally called the Colon, Pan- the Colon Cancer Podcast. And his whole idea was, whose message can I help amplify? And he just then looked for a partner to uh, for his podcast. So that might be something, since you, it sounds like you have your charity selected, see if they can help promote it because when they win, you win, everybody wins in that scenario. Mark, are you going to, are you thinking of just trying to do one episode to promote it or a spot to promote it over the the course of a bunch of different episodes? Yeah, it's ongoing really. Yeah. And I, I I really appreciate those uh, bits of advice. They're fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And also was thinking that you talked about, patreon and supercast and something like that so i'm also thinking about what method would be the best to try and say this is the place where i want you to donate yeah you need do you know you, what i mean yeah you need to check it locally the rules around this because it's taking donations for a non-profit and then the the tax status of it varies from location to location you'll probably need to do a little bit of local research to say okay if I'm taking in funds for this, how do I make sure I don't get taxed for these? Yeah. They, they don't come to me. Because if you set up a Patreon account, you'll have to set it up as you. And so you'll need to do a little bit of work to like, and this is where you might want to contact the nonprofit to say, hey, do you already have an existing framework from which I can direct people to where they can give? You definitely do not want this coming in. If this thing is successful, you're going to pay the taxes. Yeah. If you're, well, Depending on the location. And, and you better than have 
records to show, okay, I received a hundred dollar donation. I then made a hundred dollar donation. Right. So you can see that the net income was, was zero, but you better have that. Mark, tracked. different locations have different rules about what you can do in media around these kinds of things. So just make sure you're not, you're not breaking any local laws by doing what you're doing to raise money for them. That just may be a good, kind of a good local check. Just to say, again, partnering with the nonprofit, they may know because they do this all the time. So what you can and can't say, I definitely think small bits over long periods of time and get that, get that information in your podcast up front. Don't save it to the end. A lot of folks never make it to the end. You want that right up front and be bold about it. If you're, if you want to do this, don't hesitate. Dave and I do do we do the promo bits right up front to get them out for the for our for our uh, sponsors, sponsors there. Yeah. So I totally lost that word. I have no idea <laughs> where it went. It just totally disappeared. But Mark, that would be those. Are, I think those would be my recommendations. But definitely check the legal ramifications of this too, based on your location. Thank you, and I appreciate that. And I really like your ideas about promotion and being bold yeah. and doing it up front. Right on. That's great. Right. Thank well, you, thank guys. You. you bet. You bet. And I want to, Dave, I, I love your point about being clear, by the way, on that. Don't, I think some folks come at this sheepishly. They come at it a little, okay, if you want to, yeah. I guess just, just say it. Like yeah. it's a spot. Well, just say it. Other, we, yeah, go ahead. Well, the other thing too is people don't like to sell. And I, I always want to say, you don't like to sell if you're not confident in what you're selling. But if I'm helping somebody, it's a little easier to, to talk about. Before we head over to our, our mid-poor mid here, Carlos said, I want to start a solo podcast, but I find it hard to talk so long. This is an easy fix. Don't talk so long. And really, not being sarcastic here, but podcasts don't have to be 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 40 minutes. I used to listen to one. I, it's funny because it was a branding show. They did it every day. And the goal of this podcast was to get me to remember the Association of Christian Athletes. And that worked because I can remember that. I can't remember the name of the podcast, but it was two minutes. Mm. And it's weird here again with a little planning. So if you, what I do, and you don't have to do what I do, but I actually write up a blog post to flesh out what the heck am I going to say. Then I, I boil that down to bullet points. I turn on my microphone and sitting right across from me is Ken Blanchard, is Kim Cradgy, is Jim Collison, is somebody and I'm talking to my buddy, and wait till you hear about this thing. This woman did the best answer ever on the benefits of podcasting. And I just talked to that one person. And it's weird because mm -hmm. you realize you're like, but Dave, it's the wall. And if it's, and then you, if it takes 15 minutes to cover your topic, congratulations. Your podcast is 15 minutes. If it takes seven or eight, I do a show called uh, Your Podcast Consultant. And the idea is it's supposed to be less than nine minutes. And now that I'm really boiling it down, most of those are about four or five. And so I'm hitting one topic. I come in, I explain how you're going to benefit. Here's why you should do something. And it doesn't have to be super long. So, Hey, Mark, what's your, we forgot to ask you what your website is. Uh, yes. Thank you. The podcast is a daily podcast. It's called Destination Tokyo. And it talks to Olympians and Paralympians from GB who are aiming to be at the Olympics and Paralympics in Tokyo this summer. And the cancer the charity that I'm raising money for is called Maggie's Cancer Centers. My wife had bowel cancer last year mm. and they offer emotional and practical support. And they're two of my passions. And yeah, so thank you yeah, for asking and, that, Mark. And check out uh, the podcast, We Have Cancer, because that's not just about the people that have cancer, but also 
the whole family and dealing with it. That's done by a, a good friend of mine, Lee Silverstein. So thanks again, Mark. Thanks, Mark. He's out walking the. He's out walking his dog. He is out walking think, the dog. Right? And uh, Jim, are you thirsty? You're looking I, I a am, little thirsty. Man, that first thirty minutes just flew by, Dave. Way fast. And that reminds me, I need to hit this button. Speaking of Patreon and things like that, we always take a second here to thank. First, we always thank. In this case, we call him the teacher's pet. If I can get my mouse to work, and that is again our good friends over at the Dog Podcast Network, where you can actually win five thousand dollars if you're a creator that happens to have a dog they're looking for great stories oh and by the way it's about a dog and like jim mentioned they have a a great podcast over there called dog edition if you want to if you're looking for something to listen to while you walk the dog or if you're me just walking around the block and you like dogs you don't have to have a dog you can definitely check that out over at dogpodcastnetwork.com and they're still they're they're looking for 101 dog stories so if you got one go over there because i don't know about you five thousand bucks in the bank would not be a bad thing, but we always thank our $20 supporters, people like Shane over at spybrary.com. So if you enjoy all things spies, check that out at spybrary.com. Ed Sullivan at soniccupcake.com. He's an audio editor. He will make you uh, sound like butter in your ears. That is a weird way of saying that, but it'll be good. And he's a great guy. The Latin Podcast Awards. This is put on by Felix and is powered by the Audio Dice Network. So if you have a Latin podcast and want to get involved in that community, that's a good place to start over at latinpodcastawards.com. He was in the chat room earlier, Glenn the Geek Hebert, over at horseradionetwork.com. If you like horses, you'll love Glenn, and uh, his Horses in the Morning show has 8 million trillion episodes at this point. He's been doing a daily show forever And uh, it's a lot of fun. I actually tune in on Fridays because they have a a thing where they read really bad ads where people are trying to sell a horse. It's, hey, come by Sparky. He doesn't bite that much. It's what? Max Trescott up in the air at aviationnewstalk.com. Greg over at debtshepherd.com where he's teaching financial wellness. You can find him at debtshepherd.com. Kim Craggy, who is also in the chat room this morning. If you're looking to develop your voice or reduce your editing time or improve your content, you got to go to Toastmasters, and she's got Toastmasters101.net. The Indie Drop-In Network at IndieDropIn.com. If you've got a true crime or a comedy or a spooky story, Greg actually will get your podcast in front of new listeners, which is what we're looking for. And uh, Michael Delaney over at Baby Mountain Radio Productions. Find him at Baby Mountain Radio com where podcasting and hard work are made fun. And if you'd like to be an awesome supporter or see our $10 supporters, they're on the page over there at askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. Or if you would like, speaking of one-time donations and things like that, you can go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash store where you can also buy my book, Profit From Your Podcast. And I got to say, I had a great way to start the morning. I don't know what happened But this morning I started off with four people that said, hey, I read your book. It's really good. One of those was the guy from PodPage. And he said, I'm not saying this because it's an affiliate link. In fact, he purposely didn't use an affiliate link, which I thought was an interesting movie. This was actually down to earth, like real life, no hype, no BS advice. So you can find that over again at askthepodcastcoach.com slash store, or you can send us a one-time donation, send us a mug, whatever you want to do. Glenn gave me a great idea for a segment on uh, Home Gadget Geeks, and that's like tech scam of the week. That uh, He reads those 
silly ads yeah. in, in my space that really wouldn't be there. But there's a scam. You go on eBay and you see these two terabyte thumb drives for or on Amazon for $25. And you're like, okay, that's not even real. And there's whole sites. There's YouTube sites dedicated to this. But it'd be fun to have a segment, Scam of the Week. There was one and, I saw you know. that I was this close to buying. And it was apparently refurbished electric guitars and nice ones that are normally mm. at least $800 and they were all a hundred bucks. And I was yeah. like, you can't buy a Paul Reed Smith guitar for a hundred bucks. I was like, either these are stolen or something, but I it's see too good, right? Too yeah. good to be true. Yeah. I see you yeah, have okay. a screen. Am I looking to share that? Yeah. Do you want to switch topics real quick? Can uh, I, sure. Can I, can I bring one up? I had mentioned at the beginning of the year that this is the year I'm going to figure out how, what to switch my video cam to, mm. right? My, my webcam. I'm on a C920. Today, I'm on the iPhone. We talked about this last week. I'm using that uh, Epoch. I forget the name of it already. But I'm using, the, I think it's called Cam Epoch to actually use my iPhone. I'm using the front-facing camera on my iPhone. I have it in a Manfrotto clamp in a holder. So I'm using that. Struggling a little bit with the color, but we're working on it. But Dave, you bought something this week, and I've been looking at this, and, and you can show that, the Sony A6000. as a That seems to be, or at least as I've talked to several folks, that seems to be a go-to camera for, for webcam replacement. It's also, I know a lot of vloggers have moved this way. They're moving to these kinds of cameras. I was in a studio here. We have a podcast studio that's opened up over the last year or two here in Omaha, by the way, they're, they just charge 30 bucks an hour to come in person, which is super cool. So I'll get some more information on that here in a little bit. But so this is the one uh, when I asked him, he had three of these in their studio and because they're doing video as well. I said, what are you using? He says, we're using the 6,000s. You had mentioned to me that you're trying one this week. What did you get and how have you liked it so far? Yeah, I got I just got it yesterday. It's a Sony VZ1 and it is. Basically, it's 700 bucks, so it is not cheap. And uh, what I liked about it is, number one, it's got a flip-out screen. So I can, if I'm shooting myself, that comes in handy. And it's, it's now, on one hand, I can't switch out the lens. The lens I have is the lens I have. They do make, uh, a company made a, a deal to make the, if you wanted a wider view. But for me, it's designed for vloggers, bloggers, and people that are not looking to do, to me, I just want to make, a talking head video for the school of podcasting. And I thought about it and I was like, there's a really good chance in the future. I'm going to go. I wish I would have got that other camera where I could swap out the lenses and do this, but it's also like twice as much. I didn't see the 6,000 and this one also makes it super easy to turn that thing into a webcam if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I just started playing with it last night. So I didn't want to use it today. Although as I look at my image here and I'm somehow pasty and glowing i was like maybe not too bad today i'm struggling i feel like i'm a little brown (laughs) just like it's a struggle i'm using eyeglasses on the mac to try to get the saturation and the tint and the contrast it's a lot harder than you think i'm not a video guy so i don't really understand i just move dials until it looks right Uh, but uh, i also found out that not everyone should be shot in 4k uh, that's when I looked at well, myself. Well, that's true. And I was that's like, true. I'm a little worried about that. I got some wrinkles and you can't apply the zoom filters. Zoom's got those filters that'll make you look better, right? They'll, it'll smoothen your skin out for you and some of those kinds of things. There's, that's crazy. There's actually a filter on the camera if I wanted to, where it's, I can have it smooth out my skin. Kind and of I a would, beauty filter. I was like, can it straighten my teeth? That would be great. If there's some sort of straighten your teeth filter, that would be awesome. But for me, I just, I was looking for, 
and I kept trying to make my iPhone work like a DSLR. And I was like, you know what? Let's just buy a DSLR. It's the Sony VZ1. Uh, I put a link in the chat room there if you want to check it out. But I say this because I could have easily done what I'm going to do with the C920, which is 70 bucks. This is not, hey, everybody run out and buy a VZ1. This is something that, and there's no way to explain this besides the fact I just wanted my brand to have a little more polish, just a bit. And it's uh, probably fueled by keeping up with the Joneses when I see other people doing this, which is, again, not a great idea when you compare yourself to others. But I was like, and then it was a matter of, look, I got about four grand of stuff sitting in my closet that I'm not using. If I sell it, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to get 700 bucks for this camera. Uh, I, I think it's a good, I think it for you, Dave, it's a good investment. Yeah. I think having it, it doesn't hurt. And like I said, I, I have to make a decision whether I, I hadn't heard of this VZ1. I have to look at the 6,000 series and see what, what people consider. But I don't think it's a bad idea. The drawback to having my iPhone up here, which it's got great both. It, I, and next week, I'll turn it around and do the, the rear-facing camera. But the, I guess this is, I guess this is the, well, I don't know. What's the front where the, where you see things? The back is the back of the phone. So this is the front facing camera, but it, I can't check clubhouse. Like I don't, it's not like I have two iPhones. I can't help you on, well, it's up there. I can't help you on clubhouse. I can't. You've got to you go know. find your old iPad I, or something. You can't, I don't, I don't have one. I guess I could do that as well. Here's an interesting thought. It's different attitudes and there is no, you do you. But it was interesting at PodFest yesterday. I was I worked PodFest all two weeks of it. I was working the Libsyn booth. And we ended up, Rob Greenlee, who's really into Clubhouse, came in. And the topic was Clubhouse. And so we were talking about it and explaining pros and cons. And one person came in and said, how are you tracking your return on investment? Are you Are you seeing your downloads go up? Are you doing this and doing that? And it was interesting because that's not the attitude I see a lot of, at least. Because if somebody's in there pitching, pitching, I'm not going to stay in that room. So I just said, that's, I understand that's what you're looking for. That's not what I'm using Clubhouse for. I'm coming over to build relationships and get my message in front of people that don't know me yet. And depending on what your goal is, you might use Clubhouse completely different than I do. For me, I still think a great idea is to maybe set up a an after show. If you publish on Monday, say, hey, Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be in Clubhouse. See the link in the show notes because you can get a link. And just realize also, a study came out, 70% of the world is still on an Android phone, which means they're not coming to your Clubhouse meetup. There's a new one called Stereo that I was this close to signing up for, but they wanted access to my contacts again. And I went, you know what, until mm, I'm not a tinfoil hat guy, but I was like, I think one app that has access to my contacts for no apparent reason is good enough at this point. Another guy that's been podcasting for like forever and is in the book, by the way, profit from your podcast. I you didn't know that. that. Yeah. Chris Christensen. Yeah. Cause this is a guy that has been doing the amateur traveler podcast forever. And if I remember right, you sell pictures from, that you've taken while you're out and about. He's benefited all sorts of times. People no, no? maybe have you, I know you've, you've gotten free trips where people have yeah, oh, people sure. have said, Hey, yeah. we would really love you to come to Mbabwe or wherever insert fake country here. <laughs> Mbabwe. 
it's uh, home of Hanson. You got to be suspicious though when you get the mm-hmm. invitations to Umbabwe. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, and if they're trying to, I've got a lot of money that I need to give to yeah. you. But no, you've won a podcast award, right? I know for a while. No, because Lou Mangello, when there was a travel category, Lou would beat me every single year for whatever ten years that they had that, and finally they decided that Lou was going to get an emeritus yeah. thing. They weren't going to award it to him. And then they did away with the category. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, but I've won a, a awards in the travel space. So I've won a Society of American Travel Writers Award and a few National Association of Travel Journalists, uh, North American Association of Travel Journalists Awards, and then was also named by Travel and Leisure Magazine in 2014 as the best independent travel journalist. And that's all based on the there podcast. There you go. Awesome. Well, what yeah. was your... I got invited to the White House Wait. and uh, got to be paparazzi for the Pope for a day. Nice. And and the strangest thing about amateur traveler, if you go to get a job with the Thailand Foreign Ministry, you'll be required to listen to two episodes of the Amateur Traveler and graded on your English comprehension uh, wow. as part of the English comprehension exam. Nicely done. So yeah, it's been an interesting ride. Yeah, almost 16 years, 16 years in July. Holy moly. But I didn't actually just come on to talk about that. But thank you. No, I was thinking you were talking about Clubhouse, and I was going back to the conversation about Patreon. And I've been doing a Patreon now for just a year or two. Probably, I can't even remember if I started two years ago. Maybe I started during the pandemic. But I do an early episode, an ad-free episode, if you do this amount, you get the mug. If you do this amount, you get the sticker or whatever. But the thing I think that most of the people who sign up for keep signed up for is that monthly Zoom call that we do. Mm-hmm. And that kind of feeds back to the clubhouse conversation of, I think for them, uh, the connection is more important. And the funny thing is, of course, that's the one that's the most fun for me. It's much more fun than doing another episode or putting out an episode early or putting out additional episodes or all of that other stuff. I'm really enjoying the Zoom calls. And at one point they were saying, we're going to keep doing this after the pandemic. Is this a pandemic thing? I'm going to keep doing it because I'm really having fun. And I've actually found some of the guests for the shows that we've done from some of the patrons as they start talking about their latest trip. So come on the show and let's talk about that. So it's been really, and it's a, as is not a surprise in podcasting, I think many of us find that when we meet people who are our audience, they're great <laughs> because, of course, they like us. So we have things in common. And so it's not uncommon. I know that podcasters have such a great time when they meet their audience that spending time with your audience thing can be a, can be a blast. And I've done trips with them also. Uh, we'll do not with the entire audience, obviously, but <laughs> with uh, we'll do trips annually until COVID. And at first, that was scary. I'm going to spend a week or ten days out, being myself, hopefully, <laughs> with with all these people. And then that, those have also been just a blast. Well, that's it. I I did this recently where I just inter I just reached out to random people on my newsletter and said I'd like to do some basically market research if you don't mind. Let me pick your brain. And I got the woman that's on my show this week was we were just started talking about personal branding. And I was like, this is really, this should be an episode. And and there are people that actually go on trips with their audience. Glenn does a, used to do a cruise 
and he'd invite all the horse people together and they all get together and talk about horses and eat too much food and go to Cancun or wherever they go. I don't know, but you can do that. I think the history of Rome, I think he's done tours even after he stopped producing regular episodes and went on to the Revolutions podcast. I think he's done some history of Rome tours still because obviously he gets new listeners every day because it's still a great podcast series, even though he hasn't done it for what, five years or something like that. That's it. And and with Patreon, there are people that, that donate because they just want you to do your art, man. So they're true patrons. Then you have people who want more episodes. So that's where the bonus people come into play. And then there are people right. that just want to get closer to you. And that's where the, the things like zoom meetings, or in some cases I saw where some people, they actually allowed you to shape the show. Like they would have a quarterly meeting and throw out ideas for the show. And if you're at a certain Patreon level, you could help pick the topics that were going to be covered in the future, which is great because it's coming from your audience. That's great. Chris, how many do you have when you do your Zoom calls? How many show up for it? I'm trying to think of how many I have in Patreon right now uh, total. It's not a it's not a quit the day job kind of money right now. So it's 30, 40, 50, somewhere in that range. Sure. But we probably get a dozen people who show up. I would say for the, the Zoom call. Yeah. How do you structure those calls? What do you Is it a structured call uh, in a sense, or is it just a free-for-all? No. It, it tends to be a free-for-all in just in terms of I don't often come in with... Sometimes I've got questions that I really want to get some feedback on. Yeah. Dave was yeah. saying it's a great opportunity for that. I, one time I remember coming on and saying, okay, I think I actually gave them access, not just early access, but access to a show that I wasn't sure about. Do you think uh, that I should yeah. put this show out? I think it's a little weak. Give me your feedback. Am I being overly harsh? And they said, no, you're right. Don't put that one out. But other times it's just, hey, has anybody been out of the house, <laughs> been able to travel at all yeah. here? That's what a lot of them have been like this last year. Or What plans do you have when things open up or whatever? But it's a bunch of people who love travel. So it always goes into travel in some fashion and of course this year hey what have you heard about (laughs) vaccines and all sorts of other things because that's what we're all talking about everywhere that that conversation that open conversation is just scares me to death by the way i just don't don't, like thinking of having oh i get that 30 friends on zoom unstructured so good for you if you can do that good for you i don't in, in my listeners tend to be chatty like, like they'll talk a lot and I'll have one talk the whole time. And so I've tried doing those Zoom calls as Patreon things, but I, I'm, I don't like it. Like I don't, I, I get nervous and anxious before the, more than I do when I do the podcast because I'm in control. So good to hear you're doing sure. that. I just don't, for me, well, that sounds struggle. like you like me are also an introvert would be how I would do the guess. most hilarious thing at PodFest. We would have these set times where we would be at the booth. And so it's me, it's Elsie, it might have been Rob, one of the Robs. But we're there to answer any questions you might have about Libsyn. We'll show off Libsyn 5 and just talk about anything you want. And it was either just absolute, just bubbly. Hey, Libsyn people, what's going on? So good. Yeah, show me Libsyn 5. Let's go. Or so Kyle or whatever, Biff. Biff, do you have a, a podcast yet? Biff, are you... You don't have to turn on your camera or your mic. You can just type it in the chat room. So if anybody here, Biff or Susan, or I see Nikki, thanks for anybody got any questions, not absolute oh, 
Crickets. Nothing. And so oh. finally, the one of the marketing people like, hey, Dave, why don't you show us Lipson 5? And I'm like, sure. Let's. It's because right. we're, it seems like podcasting attracts one of two extremes. And it is, it's a great way to, to meet sure. millions of people without actually meeting millions of people. And I think that's why introverts like it. At the very first podcast expo, way back in the podcast and portable media expo in Ontario, California, the very first one in 2005, I drove down for seven, eight hours to get there. Didn't have a ticket because they had sold out by the time that I found that I could go. And so I was just going to go to the parties at night. I went to the, the first night to the party. I literally walked around for an hour and talked to no one. Yep, <laughs> and I've learned to get better since yeah. then. But I'm by nature an introvert, well, and Chris, that is much scarier to me than doing a podcast. Chris, I don't, I don't have the introvert problem. Like I, I can go into any room and work okay. it, and no, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I can now. I'm, I'm super comfortable with that. But for some reason, on Zoom or whatever, fill in the blank, having twenty faces and no control of who's saying what, but like do. drives me nuts. It, I know you do. You, We've set rules and you can mute people yeah. and raise your hand. That's those are all the things that I've gone to, but but it feels I don't know. I'm just not as I'm not as I don't want to do it. Yeah. It's, well, it's weird. It's weird. I just don't yeah. want to do it. So I need to find a better way to do it. Yeah. Clearly you just need a better class of listener. You know, that's, <laughs> that's the problem. Don't tell yeah. me that, Chris. Uh, Craig in the, the chat room here says when I get my students together on Zoom, I have a list of questions and conversation starters as a backup. He yeah. says, but I rarely need them. Yeah, Jim, you should try it. You should, you should, and and don't invite everybody. Find some people on your newsletter list and just invite 10 because well, you'll be amazed. It is really. Yeah. No, and I am doing it, Dave, to be okay. honest. So at, at work at Gallup where, where we do this, we have these coaching community calls. And what what the way I've gotten around it is I have a speaker who comes for the first 20 minutes. So they come and present something. Everybody's muted. And then. We slowly allow people to come in. And then at the very end, it's open in a free-for-all, right? Usually by then, everybody's gotten everything out that they need to say and such. So we do it that way. And then I also have done it on the, on the Home Gadget Geek side where I've invited a guest speaker. But that guest speaker, we had an hour. Guest speaker went the whole hour. Didn't stop. Wow. Like started and didn't stop. And I was like, okay, I got to figure out a better way to do and, and I'm going to bow out here because yeah. I have to go be on the last episode of uh, This Week in Travel. Nice. I'm actually leaving the show as a co-host here in two minutes. So, Chris, before you go, uh, how do we, nice to run into you this morning. How do we find you? You can find Amateur Traveler wherever fine podcasts are available or at AmateurTraveler.com. Perfect. Thanks awesome. for coming in, Chris. Thanks for stopping great, in. Great to hear from you. Would you show my screen really quick? I, yeah. I mentioned this, this studio in Omaha, and I'd love to see oh, others nice. do it. It's called Weberized. And... Just so you know, I'm not uh, I'm not making right. this up. Studio time up to four people, thirty bucks an hour. So pretty re I, I think pretty reasonable. And then of course they have production packages that are available. I was say that's a loss leader. They bring you in at thirty, and then it's X amount of money to edit and things like that, which isn't a bad idea. Yeah, they're in an incubation in a small in the startup incubation center here in Omaha that they've. And so their rent is pretty reasonable. They're really trying to get people podcasting, just to be honest. They see it as a, yeah. as like us, as a really cool thing. And they're trying to lower the barrier of entry. For nice. Jim, what's coming up on TheAverageGuy.tv this week? Yeah. Dwayne Robinson is on. Uh, Dwayne uh, works for Microsoft. And we have some great conversation around. This is the one you might want to listen to the pre-show on because we talk about Teslas. So it's 
pretty great. And the, the pre-show may be better than the show. That kind of happens sometimes, Dave, right? That early conversation that you record because you record everything. So Dwayne is on lots of gadgets and, and lots of fun. You can join us over at The Average Guy. Yeah. And if you're listening to us live, we've got another half hour of post-show coming up. So don't leave. And Don, the School of Podcasting this week, I'm talking with Andrea from the Talk About Talk podcast about personal branding and how these little things can, you, you can figure out what your strengths are, which I was thinking about Jim every time she said, knowing your strengths, I'm like, I know somebody who does a little bit about <laughs> strengths finders and, and then working that into your brand. So that'll be coming out Monday on the School of Podcasting. And want to say thanks again to Mark over at podcastbranding.co, James at the Podcast Dog Network, yeah, or the Dog Podcast Network. And thanks to everyone in the chat room and all of our awesome supporters. Stick around for some post-shows.